Hello, it's Jack Tudor here of Attention Magazine. Welcome to Crucial Listening, the podcast where I speak with musicians and sound artists about three albums that are important to them. My guest this time is Aho San, otherwise known as Desiree Niamki from Paris, whose album Simulacrum came out earlier this year on Subtext. And it is an incredible record. I've seen people all over the internet having similar reactions to myself, just being so rattled by this album. It's a huge sound, a huge severe sound as well. It sounds substantial, but it's also got so much intricate detail. At the same time as you've got these big explosive battering ram style events, you've also got these scuttling little details all working their way around the edges of the stereo frame. It's one of those records that reminds me that sound offers the opportunity for paradoxes to exist quite comfortably. You can have large and small simultaneously. You can have multiple versions of time weaving in and out of each other. It's a slow, crawling record, but it's also one that has an incredible, almost dancer's agility to it. Um, you can check out the record at ahosan.bandcamp.com. Seeing as I mentioned Bandcamp, it's fee waiver day on May 1st. That means that Bandcamp is waiving their fee for 24 hours, meaning that all the money when you purchase a release goes to the artist directly. So it is worth picking up Simulacrum on May 1st. I thoroughly recommend you do as well along with any other music that you're planning to pick up at the moment. And while you're there, actually, it may be worth mentioning that Attention Magazine's new compilation, Attention Span, is out now as well. 206 tracks, all exactly 10 seconds in length, designed for shuffle playing, all proceeds from the compilation going to the Cool Earth charity. I recommend that you check that out as well. But anyway, back to Aho San. This conversation with Desiree was fantastic. I loved listening to the records that he picked. It was also a great excuse, not that I needed one, to listen to Simulacrum all over again. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. As always, head to attentionmagazine.co.uk forward slash crucial listening for more information on Desiree's music and also links to his records as well. Okay, that's all for now. This is Aho Sam on Crucial Listening. Zire, welcome to Crucial Listening. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks very much for coming on. No, thank you, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, we are still under lockdown. I was talking about this on my last episode as well. So uh, it sounds like you're coping the best you can over there. And, you know, likewise over here, just trying to keep stable and make sure the time passes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I said, yeah, doing some music, uh, doing some video and trying to, to do a little bit of sports as well. And yeah, staying creative, yeah. Wicked. 
Uh, so you've brought three important albums to the table for this podcast. And before we talk about those three important records, I wanted to start by asking about your album Simulacrum, which came out back in February on Subtext. I have been having an incredible time with this record and the amount of detail that um, I mean, I'm hearing, but also I know that I'm missing. I, I feel like I hear about 10% <laughs> of the album each time I listen to it, even if I strain to hear everything. Um, I wanted to ask, first off, I mean, what are your memories from putting this record together? When you think about the process of assembling this album, what are the experiences that you think about? What are the images that come to mind? What does putting this album together look like to you? Um, difficult for for sure because it was a difficult process um, because first um, I had this idea you know in my mind to to do records like a like a, a big experience like an opera thing with with a team you know uh, like a soundtrack in music so it was difficult to 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 have this idea after to to make this idea mm. so i know I, I, usually when i'm doing music or i'm thinking about making some music i have a specific idea i'm trying to go there so the the process was a little bit difficult for me because uh, um, at first i want to have some you know musician and it was I was struggling to have so, someone because it was too expensive for me. Right. Um, so um, I decided to 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 do all by myself. So it was a little bit struggling at first. Um, after memories, I would say um, maybe London because um, um, I did some you know sketch from Simulacrum. And uh, I, I make a gig in London. I was lucky to make a gig in London for a friend. And uh, I, I played some uh, two tracks, I think, uh, from Simulacrum. And I, I had really great feedback. So I think it was an important point in the creative, uh, the creation of uh, Simulacrum. And a good memory, for sure. Whereabouts did you play in London? Uh, it was the DEY uh, Space London. Oh, fantastic. That's such a lovely venue. Such a big room. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, seriously, it was a really good memory, for sure. And you, you mentioned that you were looking initially to collaborate with someone and, and that didn't turn out to be practical. I mean, one thing that you, you did do is you uh, generated this uh, Mensa imaginary band which sounds yeah. fantastic. I mean, can you tell me a bit about the process of, I mean, basically, what is the Mensa Imaginary Band and, and how did you go about bringing that to the record as well? Yes, like I uh, said, uh, so I tried to have some musician, it didn't work. So I had this idea uh, to connect with an ensemble, like string, brass, woods, and everything. Uh, so first, I... Uh, uh, study all of that and take off information for music you know I love like uh, you know Afrofuturist music jazz and um, some music uh, some African jazz music and everything so it was the big part to take information um, MIDI information too 
uh, you know, you have uh, some uh, software to to take a little bit of information you like in in music. So it was the big part. And after I put all the this information in uh, in uh, a patch I made in uh, Max MSP to you know to give this. Um, like I said, maybe to give in life of this idea and trying to give some variation and uh, like, uh, you know, someone playing some trumpets and, uh, and you know, like, a, like my idea was at the beginning. Mm. So it was a little bit of struggling because uh, I'm not the best in, in this kind of uh, max and SP. <laughs> and <laughs> so I had to, to, to look for information and, and blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was the beginning of the, the whole process of the album, taking uh, this like imaginary band and uh, have enough material to do the album after. What's it like? What's it like playing with the imaginary band? I mean, it, does it behave in a way that you can anticipate, or are you surprised by the output when the imaginary band, you know, announces itself and and and, and generates sound? What's it like? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still surprised even if um, I'm recording, you know, putting some melody by myself after uh, the whole process is to, to give some variation of it and to, to have a little bit of chaos. And, uh, you know, like almost like generative music, but I control this, you know, when I'm putting something, I have a lot of variation. I'm still blown away for, uh, at, yeah, when I'm listening to. Uh, <laughs> but after, it's, it's just, you know, material. And after, when I, I have this material, it's almost never like uh, like it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting some process, a lot of process after that. To, right. To do on the album what you, what you listen in the album. As well, I've read in the press material accompanying the album that the record has a connection to Jean Baudrillard's uh, Simulacra and Simulation, yeah. um, which yeah, yeah, I, I hadn't read. I, I did look at uh, the, the essential themes of it. I'm very interested to hear from you as to how, I mean, what's your connection to that text uh, and how did that feed into uh, your idea for this album as well? Yeah, um, I read the book, uh, I think, uh, 10 years ago, and I have good memory of it. So I think it's, a, it's a, you have a lot of good things in the book. But uh, my goal wasn't to describe the book, you know, in music. Hmm. Uh, I, I want to take the, the general idea of it and, uh, you know, take my condition you know, uh, being black in France uh, with uh, immigrant background, see around me on, you know, all the discrimination I see daily and uh, take all of that to make my own music and my own simulacrum. So, yeah, the goal wasn't to just connect uh, the book to my music. It was really free to make my own interpretation of it. The, the thing I love about it is, you know, if, you, if you're connecting with politics, with the world and everything, and if you see a different point of view in the world, and usually when you see a different point of view, you see a different truth. Hmm. So it was important to me to, to, to take a lot from me 
in this process. So yeah, I'm co really connected with the book, but he was not just read the book and put, you know, uh, uh, make connection with uh, text and, and things, but in general, more in the idea in general of the, of the book. It's really interesting to hear you talk about that and then also consider the the artwork for the record, which I wanted to ask you about as well, because it's a really striking image and it's one where I think my perception may have been the same as for a lot of people where you initially think it's someone with their own hand over their face and then when you see the angle yeah. of the hand it, it suddenly you're like oh, maybe it's not uh, it's a really ambiguous but incredibly strong image i mean is there anything that you can yeah. tell me about the artwork for the album <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, it was made by one of my best friends, Marvin Juglio. Uh, you can see on uh, on Instagram. It's called Marvin Lucas, and uh, we we talk uh, a lot of about perception. I mean, uh, it's yeah, it's all about that. So when we talk about what image I want for the for the cover, I say to him. It needs to be really ambiguous, you know. Um, mm. I want uh, my face, but we. I don't want to everyone see my face too. So we need to <laughs> have like a balance, you know, in that. So we talk about a lot of things. But what I can say in the image, I was one thing important we was doing during the shot. I was cut, uh, cutting my hair. Someone cutting my hair. So, uh, ah. so it took the image during this this thing. So wow. during the, <laughs> the 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 whole thing, so it was yeah, it was the the whole process was was that I think uh, yeah, you know, for for a lot of black people, uh, air is important. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so it was <laughs> so the whole process was really well well think because we we think about it for months and and yeah, we just took a lot of pictures and every angle. This image was like whoa. Okay, that's I need to pick this one, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Brilliant. Well, people seem to have been reacting really strongly. I think both to the artwork, but just to the record generally. The comments that I've been seeing people make about their reaction to it, people are being blown yeah. away by this album. So, um, and myself included. Like this is a record that each time I Thank, hear it. Thanks a lot. Not at all. I mean, the, the the effect hasn't worn off, and I've listened to it countless times. So, I mean, thank you, firstly, but um, yeah, congrats. It's it's <laughs> oh, a beautiful thank work. <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot, thanks a lot. So we should move to your important albums now, Desiree. Um, you have brought three important albums as requested. And one question I like to ask before we dive into your selections is. How did you think about the term important when coming up with your list of albums? Is there a way that you interpreted the word important in order to produce the list of albums that you did? Yeah, of course, because, you know, like we are in confinement, so it was more uh, about uh, my feeling right now. I'm pretty much locked in my, in my house, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening a lot of music. And uh, the, I think I, I took the, the, the word important like important right now in the situation we are so yeah that's that's it for me i did wonder actually based <laughs> on one of the album titles whether or not there was a deliberate link to our current situation we'll, we'll come to that soon i'm sure but um we can go <laughs> yeah. uh through the records in in whichever order you like uh, desiree so if you 
could give me the name of the first album that you'd like to talk about and uh, tell me a little bit about why it's important to you as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, my first one is uh, I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside from All Sweatshirts, from uh, the, the band Old Future. It was. Uh, I love this album. It's a really dark album and conscious one. And um, I really feel like her was in the in the dark time, and you feel and you feel it in the music, in the in the words, in the production. I think he, he produced almost all the album by himself, and uh, yeah, I feel really connected with that. And uh, I think he's pretty much like visionary when you see the situation now. Yeah. So I was like. Uh, yeah okay yeah, this is the the album I need to pick for sure <laughs> and um, and yeah at the time when I was doing Simulacrum um, I was looking uh, for you know uh, uh, I have a bigger flourish in hip hop uh, I, I don't think people uh, heard directly when um, when you listen to Simulacrum but uh, I really have a, a big influence uh, from hip hop and her was a big influence in the in the album. So I I pick it for that too. I mean is there anything in particular about the album that you picked up on and that fed into Simulacrum, like any particular qualities in the record? I think it's more the 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 the, the ambience of it, mm. not like uh, the drums or or the sample or everything, but the ambience is really dark. I I think my album is really dark. You know, uh, I I still have this emotion. I, I try to still have emotion in it, but uh, it, I think it's really connected with that. Uh, sometimes you have track like Fosse, the first track in the album, or you have like a, a full recording and poof, directly the melody is really like a really nice melody. And just after you're going with a dark beat, uh, you know, I think it's more the, the gen general ambient of the, of the workouts. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I listened through it uh, over the past couple of days. It felt very strange because I listened to it on my government-permitted one exercise a day, and it's beautiful over here yeah. in the UK at the moment. It's so radiant and sunny, and this felt like an incredibly strange record to be listening yeah. to in bright sunlight <laughs> outside. I mean, so you mentioned that these records connect with your current situation um and, and yeah. being in confinement i mean obviously the the album title i don't like shit i don't go outside is is such a uh overt <laughs> yeah. reference to where we are right now but is there any aspect uh, any other aspects of this album that speak to the experience of being in confinement at the moment for you yeah i think uh, in the lyrics in the lyrics I, mm. I don't have the lyrics in front of me but you know um he, he has this strange idea that he he can't uh, you know is like um everything is all the the emotion at, at mixed you know mm. and uh, sometimes he he was almost like he do he said some i don't know you say in english but he was uh 
like delusion thing, you know, saying thing uh, uh, that's not feel right for him, mm. and uh, and I think it's more the yeah the, the conscious of the album, the the text. I'm really feel connected with the. It's a little bit lost, you know. It's really lost. Not yeah. a little bit. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> it's really lost. So <laughs> I don't feel lost for me, but I really feel connected with this kind of of idea of feeling because we don't know what is the future we we we, we can guess a little bit you know i i read you know um, i'm reading right now a book um, about uh, capitalism uh, capitalist realism from uh, mark fisher mm. and uh, sometimes when you read some book or you read some news you lost a little bit of hope you know <laughs> you try to be you know still with hope and 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 a lot of espoir when you say in French, but uh, but it's difficult, you know. Yeah. So I f- yeah, I feel this you sometimes, you know, this connection with uh, with that. That's such an interesting book to be reading right now. Because am, am I right? The thrust of that book is that capitalism is so overbearing that we can't even imagine an alternative like that it, it we, we can't even yes. fathom and, which it does seem to resonate with this idea that um you know my wife and i have been saying you know can you imagine uh, a time when we'll just be able to go to a festival and we can't even yeah do, do you know what i mean can't even imagine that right yeah now. yeah that's true yeah i think in i saw because Every country is really different, but I saw in Germany, uh, all the festival, all the venue, we don't know exactly, but until September, you have nothing. Mm, like, yeah. It's weird because we are in, in April, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> it's a long time, you know? And, uh, you know, I think uh, about all my, my friends, uh, the, the people around me who did, who doing just music. And it's it's weird because if you're doing just music, you live with life. So for five months, it's like you don't have job for sure, and yeah. maybe more. So yeah, for I think so for some people, it's it's a really dark time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to return to uh, the L Sweatshirt record, I mean, I'd, I'm intrigued as to how you came into this record. I mean, were you familiar with Odd Future beforehand, or how did you come to know the music of L Sweatshirt? Yeah, I was, uh, I think it's his second album. I listened a lot the first one, and uh, and the difference with the, f- the first is... is really less connected with the old future team so mm. i think he did maybe two tracks or three tracks on the on his first record he produced just a few tracks and you have like a tyler creator and everything who produced the, the rest and this one is almost produced by himself so I was really, you know, interested by, by that because uh, I was want to know how he sounds, and I think is is uh, you know he has um, an other nickname. He's a, a random black dude when he producing his, his yes. stuff. Is so yeah, I, I was really you know interesting to to listen it, and just after I was blown away by the the production and everything. Yeah, I mean, he's so he was so young as well. He was what twenty one when this album came out, I think, or twenty twenty one. 
Uh, oh, amazing. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Is there a particular track or any particular moments on this album that, uh, when you think of it, that really stand out to you and that you really connect with? Yeah, the, I think the first track, because uh, uh, one of my best friends, uh, we walk in the in the same company and, you know, every time we we sing the melody of the of the Fosse, uh, <laughs> the track. So, yeah, for sure, the Fosse, the, the first track is my five, uh, my favorite song of the of the album. There aren't many melodies on this album that you could sing to someone, are there, really? I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> tracks that are just very congealed, like, murky yeah. uh, synthesizers and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I was yeah, listening yeah, to the the track Grief seems to be the one that really jumped out at me, where you've got those drums that are sound like the lowest yeah. quality MP3 ever really rattly and yeah watery. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly you have this old uh, you know um, do-it-yourself music uh, with I, i'm not sure exactly what you're doing but it's really when you listen it's, it's just good you know and mm. uh, i think he's uh yeah this track is even the visual uh, I think he's um, oh I don't remember the name of the of the director but he's the the one who made the series Atlanta uh, with uh, oh um, Donald Glover we, yes with David Glover the the who direct the clip for her was this guy who made uh, Atlanta ah. it's a really good production produ- uh, realizer director wow so oh, the visual from out. this uh, track is unbelievable yeah grief. As well, I, I, I'm not super familiar with El Sweatshirt's music. I mean, I've been familiar with the name for a while, but this is probably the first time I've listened to a record from start to finish. And from what I've read, uh, people seem to suggest that this album, his lyrical flow is a lot slower and a lot more, I don't know, drawn out. I mean, I certainly felt like uh, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who listens to loads of hip hop, but I, I listen to a, a fair bit. But it seems yeah. like he's, you know, always falling behind the music. Like every lyric is just slightly behind, like where it should be. He sounds like he's yeah, dragging exactly. himself through this music. I mean, uh, what do, yeah. uh, is 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 that sort of part of the music that you connect with as well? Yeah, of course. He's, he, he's now, now for that, of course. Mm. He was not doing that a lot in the first album, but I, th- I think he's in the whole process. Like you said, uh, I think uh, he... he he doing like almost no now we know him for this album all the you know the the drums the the sound the, the lyrics and yeah. uh, everything is i think is the, the the debut of everything is this album right uh, because i think when he made this the first one it was just going out from uh, I don't know a, a school a pri- not private school but you know when you're putting uh, your, your kid away in, in some <laughs> of uh, center or something like because a boarding you're doing school. a lot of shit you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. so he was uh, he was just going out from that and he puts the first album and uh, after that I think he feel less connected with you know the old future and the famous mm. because when you're famous is I think it's completely so it's yeah he was looking by himself trying stuff and i think this album is really good for that yeah and have you seen him perform live no i'm pretty sure he never came in france to do this album 
Ah. And uh, it was supposed to come, I think, in February or something. And, you know, the whole, <laughs> the whole COVID situation just... Uh, but I never, never saw him now. Damn it. I was due to see him as well at a, f- a festival in London and he cancelled. So um, maybe we'll both get our chance one day. Who knows? Um. Yeah. Take the soul from me. And the click tight knit it's like the low rug. You beat the fucking beat up like it stole from me. You could talk to Clancy, you need a feature quote from me. I'm off the Lancy, I reek a reef and show money. It's early running with niggas who cold running shit. The wind's like lotion, he getting me going rub them in critics. Pretend they get it and bitches just don't fuck with him. I spent the day drinking and missing my grandmother. Just grab a glass and pull some cold white wine. Desiree, let's go to your second record now, if you could give me the name of it and a little bit about why it's important to you right now as well. Uh, the second one is Third Low by Holly Porter. So, yeah, it's uh, one of my, you know, my favorite records. Um, I listen to it since it's out. Um, and it's really important because uh, I remember I saw him uh, in the festival in, uh, I think it's three years ago. Uh, it was at, at La Gaîté Lyrique in France. And you are this old festival with Omti Set and, uh, ah. yes, and MFO, who is, who is, uh, Mark, who did the old visual for Omti Set and Rolly Porter. So I was there with one of my friends and he performed this album, Third Law. And this experience, seriously, it was one of my best experience in music. Oh wow! It was, it was blow. I was blown seriously. Uh, in you know, in the middle of the, the performance, you have MFO uh, who put a message on the screen and said uh, something like, "You will see even if you have the eyes closed." <laughs> and after, after, he put some strobe in front of you and when you have the eyes closed you see like you see lights oh, i was like wow. seriously man so for sure it has a big impact on me because it was one of my best experience and at the time i was like okay you know i want to be that guy <laughs> just doing <laughs> music and and be on some text and stuff you know so yeah just after that i sent some tracks at um sent two tracks uh, i think sent uh, two gems from from uh, mc set for subtext ah so yeah that's the that's why it's important for me because i remember it was yeah i want to be that guy and just maybe one year a little bit after i was at atonal doing doing stuff with uh, you know a, a small light show with mfo so it was wow a bit, oh, that's you know? so cool <laughs> yeah it was a little bit strange for me <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah it was a really experience a really great experience this uh this third low uh, life had you heard roly porter before seeing that live experience 
Yeah, Alison is uh, first album, the second one, uh, all uh, out in subtexts. Mm. And after this one, it was on uh, Triangle Record. Uh, at the time, it was one of the best, you know, uh, label, uh, electronic label. So when you have someone, something out from from Triangle, you have to listen to it, you know. So I jump jump on the album, and it was just crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an absolutely ginormous sound. Like, it's it's so huge. Um, I, I mean, I, I again, this was one that I listened to in the blazing sun. I even read in an interview, he said, this is not a record that works well in the summer. So, um, you know, <laughs> uh, it, again, not the ideal climate. But, um, I mean, there were so many moments on this record that really stuck out to me as being so vi vivid. Like, they feel like, you know, visuals. You can almost see them. It's, you know, interesting that you talk about that experience with the, the visuals there, because that feels appropriate. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. again, are, are there moments on this record that really stand out to you in terms of their sound design or, you know, any, any yeah. particular? It's, it's weird because this album is this kind of album you listen to it, like... Uh, all the music, you know, like almost is one piece. But I can say uh, Mass, I think is the third track, mm. is uh, is something. Like uh, the, the drums, the, the you have a rhythmic because you don't have a lot of rhythmic, but you have some idea of, of rhythmic in, in this album. But this one, you have a, a real rhythmic with the, like, a LFO and kick and bass and, um, and Afra bass. So I think mass is for sure one of the epists piece in, in the album. Is Mass the one? I can't remember which one it is, but it's got the drum that's like dun 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 Exactly, yeah. exactly. <sighs> this track is is massive, seriously. And <laughs> and you have this uh, you know a key on top on the bass that you didn't notice at first and after when you listen it again and again you see you have small variation in in some pole uh <laughs> following the bass is oh, my god it's just yeah yeah it's perfect so good um i mean you talk about his use of rhythm there and the fact that it's not super explicit in many of the tracks and it is more so here i, I read in an interview him talking about uh, perceiving rhythm as certain forms of travel within sound rather than using like traditional beats i mean is there um a way in which you thought about rhythm when putting your album together because again it's like the the, the beats yeah. aren't explicit but they're i mean they're sorry the, the, the rhythms aren't like super explicit and regimented but the rhythm is there and right at the front you know you know I love this kind of artists who do like physical music, you know, mm. when you have, uh, I don't know, like artists like Ben Frost and Omtiset of first, mm -hmm. uh, um, of course, excuse me. And, um, and so when I, um, I want to, at first when I was, you know, doing uh, a sketch of music, um, I want to, you know, big massive, Afra bass, uh, good snares and everything like I, I love, you know, um, I love trap music, you know, I love to rap and everything. So he has a big influence in the rhythmic. Mm. So after that, I know I, lis I listen to lots of music, like uh, experimental music, concrete music, or, you know, the rhythmic 
need to be not simple, you know? Yes. You need to have a chaos. I love chaos <laughs> in this kind of uh, <laughs> of music, you know? So at first I'm, I'm doing, you know, basic rhythmic. And after that, putting a lot of chaos in it, you know? Right. So yeah. that's my way of thinking of, of, of rhythmic. But you need to, you know, to have like um, sometimes doing access, you know, is not uh, like, um, it's not free jazz, you know, yes. but, but uh, I like to, to, yeah, to put some variation almost every time I have a variation, not something uh, like loop, you know. Yeah. I, I, and certainly as well, there's something I think about the percussive emphasis that you use, which feels like cinema it has that movement those stops pauses those slowdowns those accelerations like the yeah. the jar drama that's generated in those fluctuations of movements feels very cinematic i mean i understand that you studied cinema as well i mean how, to, to yes. what extent does cinema reflect yeah. on the way you think yeah. about music i mean i know for roly porter it, it he talks about sci-fi i mean where does cinema of fit course. into you me, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I study cinema in conservatoire, so yeah, it's a big influence on everything I made in music. I think, uh, you know, if I, f if I think about, um, Simulacrum, I think maybe, you know, film like, uh, of Andre Tarkovsky. Mm. Yeah. Um, maybe some Lars von Trier, you know, Melancholia from Lars von Trier. Mm. You have this really cinematic music with uh, Richard Wagner in, in this movie. It's really cinematic with a lot of, uh, of uh, you know, it's um, uh, really uh, slow movement in camera and everything. And uh, you have this, um, you know, parallel if i said uh, in um, in reality and something else you know it's not you know it's not sci-fi like uh, uh, but it's something else you know it's like dystopic reality right so yeah this one maybe uh, i don't know gaspar noé until the void you know yes. you this big experience <laughs> with uh, this i think and uh, in the until the void what i really love is uh, the color because every time i'm making music yeah i think about color you know um and uh, i think it's really connected with the color of this movie oh what with enter the void We've answered the words, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. it's like a big, big color palette. That's uh, that's yeah, really interesting. Exactly. I um, so I just released a compilation record, and uh, for the album artwork, I sent the poster of Enter the Void to my friend and said, "Can you make it these colors, please?" Yeah, I think it's a very distinctive <laughs> film. Yes, in terms of exactly, you know, it's clearly scorched itself into a lot of people's brains. Um, <laughs> so the 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 other thing with this Roly Porter album is. The sense of scale. I mean, it feels like, I, I think even when it's very quiet, uh, I, I personally get the impression of an incredibly vast space. Um, exactly, yeah. he, he talks about, you know, the, the scale being, it, it, it could be something on an incredibly small scale. It could be something like the cosmos. I mean, wh what's your perception of scale within this record? How do you think about like the, the physical dimensions of the third law? 
Yeah, uh, I'm really think connected with what he said uh, about space because it's, I think it's important if you if you think about music, you know, it's frequency in in a space. Mm. So of course, space is important. And I see big space usually. Yes. Uh, I think uh, in simulacrum or in third law, I think I think I, I saw a big space, you know. And after that, you have you know a microscopic thing like in um, in my intro in uh, simulacrum. Yeah. Uh, the the it begin with something like you know a lot uh, a lot of noises like. Yes. And um, I think uh, you have you know if I can put some other tits in the tutorial in my music I was uh, it was maybe a lot of animal you know <laughs> like microscopic <laughs> thing like uh, spiders and so I really feel I think a space is important every music you know I love really passionate you have space in it like empty set is a big influence on me and uh, they're doing everything in space like um, even you know I think you have one album is made in a, in, in a central or something mm. I'm not sure exactly but the space is almost important that the whole process so yeah of course it's yeah I, f- I feel really connected with with really said about space and it's I think a record where that space manifests really clearly if you have like an ideal listening environment right i mean you've you've already had i imagine the peak of that in seeing him live and actually being in a room where it's incredibly loud i mean if you want to listen to the recorded version of of this album what's your like ideal listening setup do you have a setup at home that you use when you really want to listen to a record incredibly intensely yeah <laughs> to be to be honest i have just my you know my my room <laughs> to be honest with uh, with uh, good uh, speakers but uh, I, you know i saw him the the second time i saw him he was at atona and uh, i saw him in the main stage the day after i performed and i think if I can be there for listening almost this, <laughs> this music every time, I will be there, you know, because it's just, you know, you put a sound and you have the sound uh, will be at the end of the room 10 seconds after. So <laughs> it's just a giant space. And, and this performance for, you know, he's putting a, a, his next album um, in May on subtext. And uh, I saw him perform this album and uh, really is just match perfectly perfectly with the space you know mm. it's huge and uh, the speakers you know it's really big speakers and uh, it's almost like you're going to a concert from from sun you know <laughs> yeah, with, uh, yeah. It's, you know <laughs> yeah you feel it so maybe i, I don't know the the atonal uh, room will be perfect for for this kind of experience <laughs> uh, yeah because i saw that uh, did he put out a new track recently from the upcoming yeah. record what, what i haven't listened yet at all what do you think of the new material if you've heard it it's yet? amazing it's amazing <laughs> seriously 
you know, I think, yeah, he puts, uh, uh, I'm not sure exactly the, the name of it. I think, oh, yeah, it's uh, an open door, the track. Right. It's like a, with a piano, a melody, and after it's just, you know, uh, it's just in, you have a, a big, uh, a sense with some vocal and yeah it's really um, unbelievable um, and the, the performance at uh, Atonal was really matching with the whole idea I can heard in the in the record I think you will blow away seriously by the album seriously Okay, well, let's go to your final record now, Desiree. Uh, if yes. you could give me the name of it and a bit about why it's important as well. The last one is Untrue from Burial. Uh, it's just one of my favorite records ever. I think he's have this big influence on me, you know, how you use music to communicate with people mm. and how you can communicate emotion. Because like I said before, I love, you know, dark music. Mm. You have emotion in it, but it's not this emotion what I'm talking about. It's something else. It's like maybe a little bit more hope, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's this album, you have both. It's really a, a ghost album, almost, uh, almost ghost music, you know, yes. uh, in, uh, you know, in the, in the city with, uh, yeah, really dystopic, dystopic, yeah, I don't know exactly, but it's really, you know, emotional at the same time. So um, I, I hope after the confinement, you know, uh, a lot of DJ will play a little bit of untrue <laughs> in party because it's really, you know, after the whole thing, when you don't see people in the city, it's almost that feeling in untrue. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm really connected with that. And, uh, and I think my favorite track in it is untrue, the, the title of the, of the album. And um, and yeah, it's really it's one of my I'm listening. I don't know when it's out, but I'm still listening every day. It's just <laughs> it's just the perfect album, seriously. Yeah, I, I think it came out in 2007, so you know it's 13 oh my God. years old. But it just seems that um, you know, with every passing year, it seems to only gain more praise and attention, and seems to become more important to people generally um I I, yeah. I I remember when it first came out a lot of people talking about it but I, I i'd never really sat down with this record until you know the past week or so when you put it in your list um yes over the past 13 years i've constantly heard people mentioning this album you know re repeatedly so it's really awesome to actually finally sit down and and listen to and it listening to, yeah um do you remember how you first came into Burial's music? Like, how did you discover this record? Um, 
um, at the time, I remember I, I have one of my best friend, Hugo, and uh, we talk about a lot of uh, about Burial. And I remember first I was listening Burial before we talk about, but uh, at the time I feel like it was too easy. I don't know how to say that because it's, I love this the album, but at the time I was just feeling the album too easy, so I just, uh, you know, pass and didn't listen well, like uh, like after after we talk about with my friend. Yeah. So he, after this conversation, I said, okay, I need to to listen really good, untrue and everything. And the next day at work, I was like, seriously, man. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> how is it possible? I just, you know, it's, it, you know, you have the field recording. You have sometimes you in the volcano. I was like, okay, that's that's something. And um, and I, I remember at the time I was listening a lot of concrete music, so it, it was resonate really well because you have these elements, you know, um, noises from your house. Uh, sometimes keys, yeah, uh, you know. So everything was perfect at the time for for me for just enjoy the album, and I still. That's great. I I couldn't believe I watched a sh- short documentary about the record. It it seems like he produced it in Soundforge, like a so not yes. even not even like a digital audio wor- workstation, but a, a basically an audio editing program and and looking at screenshots of that program it kind of i find it quite stressful to think about someone producing an entire record <laughs> like that yeah of course yeah i heard that too i saw i saw the the, the small documentary it's really interesting yeah the resident yeah. advisor one i think it was like eight minutes yes. long yeah exactly this one yeah and after you understand that, you know, the drums are really looped, so it's not like you are a real tempo on it. Yes! It's almost not on the tempo, so it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And um, the fact that all the... Was it like the drums are, are, are samples from, like, Metal Gear Solid? And, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Like, that was seriously. an incredible documentary. Yeah, yeah, really, really. Sunforge, seriously. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so how? I mean, is this a record that you still? I, I mean, obviously you've picked it because it resonates with your current situation. So I, I, I imagine it's come back into rotation. But is it a record that since you discovered it, you've uh, come back to frequently, or how often do you listen yes. to it? Yeah, seriously. I think it's uh, it's it's one of the album I um I listen every, but not every day, but still one time in a month. You know, uh, <laughs> still is out. I didn't uh, discover it in uh, at the 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 the, the release. Just maybe I don't know one two years after. So it's yeah, ten years. I still listen it like a lot, and uh, and you know you have this. This thing when you have uh, drums, rhythmic, and after just ambient music, mm. and uh, and yeah, I think after when I was listening, you know, Simulacrum yesterday before to have this conversation because since uh, is out, um, I just you know I, I listening uh, a lot for the you know mixing, mastering, and everything. So after you you can't listen it anymore, you know. <laughs> So, so now yesterday I was listening uh, and 
you know, trying to connect with the free album I picked. And, uh, and yeah, you know, Burial has sometimes music with drums and everything. After, it's just ambient music. Right. And I feel really connected with that. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it interesting? It's a record that, I, even though it's an incredibly percussive and, and rhythmic record, I, I think the texture of it is so strong that, um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, all the crackles and the hisses and stuff, I mean, it's... A real headphone treat, it's isn't unbelievable. it? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So yeah, feel yeah every time, like uh, every month, at least one time in the month, um, I'm just go in Burial and just listen to it. And yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite album ever. Seriously. Wow. And one key thing I think with Burial is that he was obviously very intent on keeping his identity out of the music. And, you know, there's often two ways to think about that. One of which is that it just generates intrigue and hype simply because people want to know. I mean, there was a newspaper in the UK, The Sun, which uh, once he got nominated for the Mercury Prize, tried to find out exactly who Burial was. (laughs) Uh, But but it's also, I guess, like a genuine artistic intention within the act of remaining anonymous. I mean, particularly within music, which I suppose has so much in common with uh, liminal states and, and ghostly presences to have the artist yes. kind of removed or only in silhouette throughout the record feels very appropriate. I mean, how, how do you think about, I mean, identity in, in, in terms of Beryl's music, but also uh, how do you think about, you know, bringing the artistic identity to music generally and maybe even your music? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, of course. Um, for me personally, like uh, we, when you we talk about the cover, the first thing it was to yeah, you know, not see my face because I'm not. I don't like that, you know. Mm. Maybe it's just because I'm, I'm shy, and so I don't. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I don't want to, to my face, you know, everywhere on internet. But some, but in the same way, you you have to because you're making music. You you have to sell workouts, so you have to be <laughs> present a little bit, you know. Yeah. But I think it's this music, like you said, uh, is resonate perfectly because. You, it resonates with the old music. I don't know if in the time it was to to look for some hype. I'm not sure. Mm. I, I think it's more because he's, you know, hype. He never he never play his music. I think if you if you look in internet, he he, he not perform. He just putting record, but uh, he don't do gigs or yeah or thing like that. So I think it's the old the old thing is really. It's really well made and uh, it's perfect for for his music. And for me, it's, it's a little bit different because the the album uh, talk about me. It talk about uh, what I see in in daily. It's really connected with me. So it will be strange to to not having a part of me and uh, in the album, like uh, my face or something, you know, uh, it was just, um, it, it was like normal to do that for me. I think both can can be good, you know. I feel inside and it's because you Oh, 
Desiree, this has been wicked. I've had such a good time talking about, I mean, your record first and foremost. I don't need another excuse to go back and listen to your record, but just hearing you talk about it has just fueled me to dive back in again in light of everything that you've said so thank you so much and thank you as well for sharing these records i've had a great time listening through all three thank you thank you for having me thank you for everything and if people want to check out your music where's the best place for them to head on the internet oh i think uh, bandcamp or the, the the website of subtext records excellent i should say as well obviously bandcamp have got their fee waiver day coming up i think on may 1st so it would be yeah. a prime opportunity if you're listening and you're intrigued by desiree's music to go and buy it uh, you know more proceeds to the artist so that's all good and well yes Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and uh, thank you once again, and to everyone listening, I'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Bye.